so good guys um today we'll be starting the um first episode as we said earlier ago we'll be talking about um god's extra extravagant love um what we'll be discussing this episode this is just an introduction actually to what we'll be discussing for the next one month or so or more than god willing we'll be able to finish it in less than one month um is that we're talking about god's extravagant love this is an introduction to the topic that we'll be discussing over time um so in this um message or in this topic in the first episode uh, what we want to do in teaching about god's extravagant love is um to ensure that we understand that the love of god um to understand the love of god is centered in christ jesus everything everything we know everything we need to know about god's love its way of love its method of love its style of love is all found in christ jesus outside of christ jesus there is no way there is no way we can get to understand the love concept hallelujah there is no way ever get to understand or come to full grabs of god's love for us so we've got to get we'll get to we've got to get that initial um um, knowledge base that whatever thing about God's love is uh, centered around Christ and Christ alone. Hallelujah. So, uh, in the same episode, what we want to do is to create a very clear image of who God truly is and how much He loves us. Now, there are very notions, notions about God. So, what we are aiming to do in teaching about the extravagant love of God in this life development program. Uh, so that uh, we'll get to the point where we have a very clear image we are not tossed to and fro about who god truly is and how much he loves us so you know john 2 16 gives us the broadest and most easiest uh, um, um, kind of description of god's love towards us and it says for god so loved the world that he gave he gave god so loved the world the soul there signifies tries to express how incomparable is love for all this not just sinners and uh, uh, christians alone but the sinners as well he so loved the world that he gave the love he had for the world cost him and it cost him his only begotten son and did cost him his only begotten son hallelujah so uh, the love of god is specified in christ jesus nothing ever 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 uh outside of it outside of god's love uh, or outside of christ rather can we understand god's love for us outside of christ we cannot understand god's love for us and let's quickly check the scriptures um romans chapter 8 verse 39 let's see what's there romans 8 um, verse 39 actually the last verse in romans 8 so paul writing to the roman church talking about the love of god after writing so much you know um Okay, let's just start from verse 35 so i'll get the whole picture of what what he finally said in verse 39 he said who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter then in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us 
The only reason why we are more than conquerors is because of God's love for us. And notice verse 35 when it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm seeing tribulation, I'm seeing distress, I'm seeing persecutions of fame or nakedness or peril or the sword. Notice that the devil is not a factor. The devil is not a factor in what can separate you from God's love. If you pay attention to your scriptures, you realize that the devil has no power to separate you, to separate you from, the, from, from the love of God. He doesn't see the devil as a factor. He's asking, can tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or anything? But not the devil as a factor. The verse says, in, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 39, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Again, the devil is not the main factor. No height, no depth, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Notice that the love of God is centered in Christ Jesus. If you do not come to the embrace of or a full knowledge of Christ Jesus, you will never come to understand what the love of God is all about. You will never come to understand it. So for you to understand what God's love is about, you've got to understand who Christ is, how Christ loved the way we loved, these are things we'll be exploring because why the love of God for us is situated in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And we are his temple. Oh, glory. See, uh, now we're going to break the wrong notions about God. There are literally wrong notions about God everywhere. Some say God is a wicked, angry God who is just waiting to pounce on you. See, these notions are things we're going to try as much as possible to demystify and break down. These notions got to go. These are notions that were built on lies and fallacies and what person called personal experience. Our experience are secondary to the scriptures. The scriptures remain primary. And if we must believe the scriptures, then we've got to break down those wrong notions that was built not on the scriptures, but on experiences and personal interpretations of the scriptures. And these wrong notions about who God is has affected the mindset many people have towards God. It has affected the mindset many people have towards God. So our aim is to break it down during this Life Development Program. Hallelujah. And furthermore, we say we will learn to value that one sinner around us. We will learn to value that one sinner around us. We will learn to love the Jesus way. That was the way Jesus loved. And truthfully, when we look around, we don't find it in our society. So what we're going to do is to learn how Jesus did his is is our perfect example looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith we're looking unto him and we're going to learn from him how he got these things done hallelujah now i'm going to say this thing we are in a new day we are in a new day and it is the day of the psalm 118 verse 24 so we're going to quickly look at psalm 118 verse 24 and say kind of day the christian is hallelujah we have left the previous day, now we are in a new day, and it is not just a new day of 24 hours, it is a new dispensational age. Hallelujah. It is a new age that we will find ourselves in. Glory. Every believer who comes to Christ finds himself or herself in a new day, a new dispensation. And this is what many persons call the dispensation of grace. 
Now, verse 23 says, This is the Lord's doing, this is marvelous in our sight. Now, verse 24 says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. And in this day, in this day that we are in, in this day that we are in, it's a day that we have entered into God's rest. It's a day that we have entered into God's rest. This day that the Lord has made for us brings us into the realm of God's rest. Hebrews 4, verse 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from is now when you come to christ you enter into your rest and what is expected of you is for you to to actually cease trying to work out to please god so the same way that god rested from his works after creation notice that after he rested on that second day creation never took place again god never went back to creating no they said the same way you rested permanently from creating is the same way it's the same way you ought to rest. It's the same way you ought to rest. If God rested, then you've got to rest when you come into his rest. Because in his rest, you're supposed to be resting. You're not supposed to be walking in his rest. You're already in his rest. So what happens? You rest. It's called a resting place. So you rest. You don't walk in a resting place. So since he is in your resting place and he has called you into his rest, what do you do? You rest. You don't have to be walking in his rest. Hallelujah. We no longer struggle to impress God. Glory. In this new dispensation, in this new age and day that we find ourselves, we are no longer struggling to impress God. No. We are beyond the realm of struggling to impress God. Glory. Hallelujah. We no longer struggle to work hard and say, oh, uh, we're trying to impress you, God. I'm running out after you. I'm running out. May not be easy, but I can run into it. No, 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 no. We've gone past that age and time. We are in the day and the dispensation where we no longer work hard to impress God. You know why? If you think your works can get God to love you more, then what you're saying is that you don't value what God did for you. If he loved you while you were yet a sinner, he's going to love you now much more that he has made you his righteousness. If you're thinking that your works can lead you to God and can make God love you more, then you don't value what, God, what Christ did for you. Let's see Romans 3.27. Let's see what Paul tells the Roman church. Because what we try, when we try hard to, to, to say, oh, I want to try and impress God. The more, the more I walk, the more I run after you, the more, the, the more you love me, the more blah, blah, blah. See, it never really works. Now, let's see Romans 3.27. They said, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Question mark. Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. See, you don't have any boasting. There is no boasting you have. When you have been justified of God. You don't have anything to boast of. You don't have anything to brag about. God took away your bragging rights. And placed it all on faith. 
So you can't say that God loves me because you kept the law. He said, no, why is boasting then it is excluded? By what law? You can't say, oh, because I kept the Ten Commandments. Then God should give me pain over ten and love me a hundred percent. He said, by what law? No. You can't say, oh, because I, I, I kept five out of the Ten Commandments, then God should give me five over ten and love me fifty percent. No. Our percentage, God's percentage of God's... Oh, oh, God's percentage of loving us is not dependent on whether we keep the law or whether we work for it. He loves us just as you are. Hallelujah. By what law? There is no. See, the, the law of Moses cannot make God love you more. The works, you trying to work hard by keeping the law of Moses cannot make God love you more. He said, no. He said, but by the law of faith. And this is the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. The love of God that is in Christ Jesus through faith. Hallelujah. God only works when you are rest in Him. The only time God can work on your behalf is when you are at rest in Him. So when you come to His rest, when you come to Him, you've got to rest. Because if you are walking, then God can walk. There is no way that you're going to be able to walk. No way. No way, no way. Big no, no, no. God can walk. So if you want God to walk, then you've got to be at rest. You've got to be at rest. You can't be dragging a workspace with God. No, 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 no. You can't be dragging a workspace with God. It doesn't work. So it's either you're going to do the work yourself or you're going to let him do it. And if you're going to let him do it, you've got to give him some space. Hallelujah. Praise God. Again, God's love is so broad that he didn't just die for, for, for the Christians. He died for both sinners alike. Let's see John 3, 17. I know some of us never really pay attention to it. But then let's see Lord John wrote to John 3, 17. He said, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, do you understand that? Whosoever, whether a sinner, whether a Muslim, whether a Buddha, whether, whether an Hindus, whatever it is, not just a Christian. In short, Christ didn't die for the Christian because when He died, there were no Christians. He died for a world of sinners. So because you're Christian doesn't mean you're more righteous than any other person. Christ died for a world of sinners. He didn't come and said, oh, I'm dying for the good persons. I'm dying for the saints. I'm dying for those who are trying to live a good life. He died for the whole world. Hallelujah. That he gave whosoever believed in him. Whosoever, wherever you are, wherever you're from. You have eternal life in Christ Jesus. So glory. So Jesus didn't die for a particular set of Christians. He didn't die for the Muslims, my Lord. He died for the world. He died for the world. Because as of his death, there were no Christians yet. It was not until after his death and resurrection. And he's meeting them in the upper room. And the first set of true Christians came out to preach the gospel. So there was no way Christ could have died for the Christians, no. He died for the whole world, a world full of sinners. But the criminals, 
and everyone involved in it, he died for them all. Hallelujah. God, love is so broad. It's so broad. It's so broad. And these are things we'll be, we'll be examining. This is extravagant love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in this new dispensation, the Christ's righteousness is credited on our account. While our sins are on Christ's account. Hallelujah. You see, in this new dispensation and in this new age that we are in, our sins are credited on Christ and Christ's righteousness is credited on us. Christ's righteousness is credited to you. Now, he said, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Even the righteousness of God. See, the only way we can obtain the righteousness of God is by faith in Christ Jesus Hallelujah. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them I believe, for there is no difference. See, by your faith in Christ Jesus, you are given the righteousness which is due by the faith of Christ Jesus. Now, God doesn't even bank on your faith in Christ Jesus. Because you're going to wake up one morning and you think, oh, I don't think I have enough faith in Christ Jesus. I don't think I have faith in Christ Jesus anymore. So what does he do? God allows you to assess that righteousness through your faith in Christ Jesus. But your righteousness in Christ Jesus is through the faith of Jesus. Look at it very carefully. So even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus. So the righteousness of faith that you have as a Christian, is not through your own faith, no, it is through the faith of Christ. So the only way you can ever feel unrighteous is if Christ lacks faith. The only way you can ever feel as if God doesn't see you righteous is if Christ lacks faith. Not if you are caught, not when you are not in those moments when you are caught between your moon swings of, oh, I think I have faith and I'm feeling like I don't have faith. No, 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 no. You are forever righteous as much as long as the faith of Christ is intact. It is not your faith in Christ Jesus. You've got to get the difference. It is not your faith in Christ Jesus. Rather, it is the faith of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. It is the faith of Christ Jesus that we use to assess our righteousness. So God was not even banking on our righteousness, on our faith in Christ Jesus. Because he knew we are emotional beings. We can wake up one morning and say, oh, I don't feel like I have faith in Christ Jesus anymore. So I don't think I'm righteous. But he says, no. By your faith in Christ Jesus, you are, by the faith of Christ Jesus, rather, you are righteous. Hallelujah. You are righteous. You are righteous. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, I am righteous by the faith of Christ Jesus. God is no longer angry at you. God is no longer angry at you. He has put all his anger on Jesus. He has put all his anger on Jesus. If God is truly totally angry at you now, it's going to be a case of double jeopardy. Because all the anger he ever has towards you has been placed on Christ Jesus. It has been placed on Christ Jesus. Let's see 1 John 2. 1 John 2 verse 2. And he said, And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for us only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Christ died. It was a propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but the scripture says it was for the whole wide world. For the whole wide world. The word propitiation means an atoning sacrifice. 
is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And on that sacrifice, God poured his wrath, God poured his anger. The atoning sacrifice for our sins, not just for us only, but for the whole world. But for the whole world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't just die for us. He died for the whole world. Not for the apostles. Not just for the not just for the Jewish people. But for the whole world. The Gentiles as well. You and I as well. That was why he became a propitiation for our sins. There was no selected part of the world that he died for. He died for the whole wide world. He didn't die just for the Europeans alone. He didn't die just for the Middle Eastern persons alone. He died for the whole wide world. Hallelujah. No selected person. None. None. No group of persons. No Jewish person alone. No. He died for the whole wide world. Hallelujah. He died for you and I. If Christ had died for the Jewish persons alone, I don't think you and I would be Christians by now. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Our righteousness, our, our fitness has been credited to Christ, and Christ's righteousness has been credited to us. And his righteousness of Christ Jesus has been credited to us is based on the faith of Christ Jesus, not even on our faith. Hallelujah. What a beautiful, what a beautiful substitution. What a beautiful interchange. Glory. Glory, hallelujah. For he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin. That we may be made the righteousness of God. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. So in this new dispensation, now, now, now I'm going to quickly say this before I say that. Knowing our sins are forgiven doesn't make us go out to go and sin. No. It endears us to long to love God the more just because you know that your sins are forgiven doesn't mean you go out there to start sinning no we don't do stuff like that we don't do stuff like that because we know god loves us we don't go around saying oh we want to commit sins no 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 no. what happens is that the love of god that has been shed abroad in our heart endears us to love him more it endears us to love him more so we love god more we love God more. We don't become promiscuous just because we know our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Let's see First John. First John chapter 4, verse 19. He said, we love him because he first loved us. He, we love him because he first loved us. The reason why we love God is not because we want him to love us. We actually love God, love God because He first loved us. He was the first to love us. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. While we were yet sinners, He sent His Son to come die for us. While we were yet sinners, He became the propitiation for our sins. He became the propitiation for our sins. Glory. And all this happened while we were yet sinners. In our sins, hallelujah, He loved us. So now we are not trying to love God so he could like us. No, 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 no. He already loved us in sins. Now he loved us the more even as his children. So because of his love is what makes us to love him. The catalyst for our loving God is because of his love for us. The reason behind our dying so hard for God is because of his love for us. 
The reason why we keep on running after is that and saying, Lord, as a deer panted after the water, so does my soul pant after thee, is because of his love for us. We are not trying to bring God to love so that he can love us and say, oh, the more I love God, the more he loves me. No, 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 no. God loves each and every one of his children equally. 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 He loves each and every one of his children equally. Glory. He doesn't love you more than someone is. He doesn't love someone more than you. You are all precious in his sight. Just that the only sense, the only feeling of love you have is how much grasp you come to realize. Of all the apostles, only John said, Ah, I am the disciples whom Jesus loved. It doesn't like Jesus didn't like, love, like the rest or Jesus didn't love the rest. No, Jesus actually did. But John was the first to come to grasp and said, Oh, I am loved by the master. I am loved of the master. Hallelujah. So we love God because he loves, he loves us. That is a fuel behind our running after him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this. Glory. Now, in this new dispensation that we are, we are God-fearing because of his love and forgiveness. Oh, glory. I love this part of the scriptures. We are God-fearing because of his love and forgiveness. We are not scared of God because we don't want to go to hell. No, 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 no. That is a long, that is a wrong notion. And this, that is one of the notions we have to bring down or put and destroy. We are not God-fearing because we are scared. No, 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 no. We are God-fearing because he loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's see what the scriptures have to say. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 4. Psalm 130, verse 3 to 4. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. We love God. We are God-fearing because he loves us. Not because we want... Ah, I don't know how to put it. Some people are trying to save God wrongly, with a wrong notion, with a wrong notion. If thou, O Lord, should, shouldest mark our iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? You see verse 4? He said, but there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. The reason why we fear God is because he has forgiveness in him. Hallelujah. It's because we have forgiveness in him. Glory. The reason why we, why we are running after him is because he has forgiveness in him. It is his forgiveness, the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord. He said, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. It is his forgiving heart because we know we are the forgiven. We know we are forgiven of all our iniquities. So we love him. We fear him for the fact that he forgives us. Oh, glory. Our reverence for God is because he has forgiven us. Not because he's an unforgiving and an unloving God. No. We reverence him because he's a forgiving father. He's a loving father. We don't reverence him. We don't fear him because we think, oh, you see, God is one chance and one chance only. No, 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 no. 
We're referencing because we have limitless number of chances. And we are is forgiving. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. And then finally, I'm going to say this. It is only when we fully grasp the reality of God's love for us. Then and only then can we learn to love others. Then and only then. Many persons are yet to grasp the reality of God's love for them. Just because you have not grasped that reality of God's love. Hallelujah. You can't be able to love others. Because you can't give what you don't have. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope make it up not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Hallelujah. And hope make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And because when we come to grasp this truth, this reality, that we have an abundance, an unlimited amount, an infinitesimal amount of God's love that has been shed abroad in our heart, then we can easily, easily, easily love without fear, love without being scared, love without feeling, oh, I'm going to be played soon. No. We share this love of God in our hearts to others. We are able to love others because we have love in our hearts. In us, we cannot give what we don't have. If all you have is it, then it is all you're gonna give. If all you have in you is complaints, then the complaint is all you're gonna do. You're gonna give. If all you have is positivity, then no matter how challenging the situation may be, you still believe it is possible. You still believe it is possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these deep revelations. Hallelujah. We can only give much love as much as we have. As much as we have in us is what we can give. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Our hearts are saturated with the love of God. Our hearts are filled and pumped with the love of God. And finally and finally we're going to say God is not is not angry with you. God is not a wicked and angry God that is waiting just one way to punish you. No, no, no. He's far beyond that. He is far beyond that. Glory. But God is a loving Father, extending His extravagant hands of love towards us. Glory. Let us read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 from the Message Bible. I love the way the Message Bible puts it. And it's quite interesting. Glory. It's quite interesting. Uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 from the message says, Mostly, what God does is love you. All God does is love you. Hallelujah. All he ever does when he wakes up, if he sleeps at all, and every minute that passes by, he's loving you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What God does is love you. Keep coming with Him and learn a life of love. We can only learn a life of love when we keep coming with God. Outside of it, we can't. We can't. Hallelujah. Keep coming with Him and learn a life of love. It is in Christ that we learn the life of love. It is in Christ that we learn the life of love. Outside of Christ, we can learn to love the Christian way. Never, never, ever. 
any law of teaching outside the center of Christ ain't going to work. Hallelujah. He said, observe our Christ, Lord. Hey, shout about Now what we do is that we model our life towards the pattern in which Christ loved us. Glory. Hallelujah. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Caught it in love with caution. In love with extravagance. Glory. His love is extravagant. Hallelujah. He didn't love, love in order to get something from us, but he gives everything of himself to us. So we love like that. When God loved us, he didn't love us to get something out of us. He loved just so. Hallelujah. Just so we can give everything of himself to us. Oh, glory. Glory. We are loved by an everlasting Father. We are loved by an eternal Father. Glory. Hallelujah. We are loved. We are loved. We are loved. We are loved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah. For we know, Lord, that your love is extravagant in us. Glory, hallelujah. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So next week we'll continue from here. It will be a similar day. We'll continue from here. And then boom. Glory. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. We are loved because God loves us. And our love is centered. Our love is centered around Christ. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Our love is focused on Christ. Our love is focused on Christ. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Because we learn how to love. We learn how to love. We learn how to love. In the name of Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, okay. That will be all for the introduction today. So from tomorrow, we'll be exploring deeper and deeper segments of God's love for us. We'll be exploring deeper and deeper segments of God's love for us. And we're pretty sure that you're blessed. Believe your comments, like, share uh, with your friends and everybody around you. And know you're blessed. You are blessed. Glory. Hallelujah. See you soon.